0: Let us give thanks to He who walks behind the rose, who
1: protects our crops.
0: The God of sacrifice. The God who walked on the face of the earth. He who walks behind the rose. He who walks behind the rose. He who walks behind the rose. God does speak to me in my dreams. And God has told me that it is now our time to make sacrifice, time to kill.
1: Welcome to Now Playing's Children of the Corn retrospective series. It is written, a leader will come from the corn. Part of the Now Playing Stephen King movie review series. I offer this to he who walks behind the rose. Hosted by Stuart. This is my game. I've played it before and on better courts than yours. Jacob
2: He thought he had great spirit
1: and Arnie
3: Question me not Malachi I act according to his will
1: Join us at nowplayingpodcast.com each week for a new movie review based on the works of Stephen King I've read the book and for the first time in my life I know my purpose This podcast will contain detailed plot spoilers and harsh language Did your mother teach you how to talk like that? Only when
0: your name came up
1: Listener discretion is advised. The time of judgment is now at hand. Let the harvest begin.
0: Outlander! We have your podcast Children of the Corn Revelation, starring Michael Ironside. Kind of. You sure? you real positive. Do not lie to the people. (laughs) He's top billed. What can I do? Oh, I can't believe that. Michael Rogers, Claudette Mink, Crystal Lowe, and directed by Guy Magar. This is Arnie, and I'm sorry, dear. I tried to warn you. But we still have three more Children of the Corn to discuss. just
3: giggle the whole podcast like i I, do what this movie did like seriously like what do i even need to introduce me it's Stuart in la
2: and this is he who podcasts behind the rose jacob and all i have to say is kill kill (laughs) who do i need to kill for making me watch this
0: yeah let's start with guy magar (laughs) that may not be funny i think he might be dead
3: no, he's not dead. His wife got ill and he gave up filmmaking after this film. but uh, okay, he, I
0: couldn't find anything out about him. And I truthfully believed that this man who had worked for 20 years in Hollywood, I mean, this man who directed episodes of Battlestar Galactica, I thought this had killed him. Stepfather 3! Werewolf,
3: the TV show. Remember that one? It was on Fox in the eighties. There was like oh, this
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it. this
3: it was like the Incredible Hulk. Each week he went to a small town and wolfed out.
0: It was on, I think, before Alienation. But yes, Children of the Corn, Revelation. Intended to be the end of the corn series.
2: <laughs> intended. They could have stopped with 666. I mean, come on, I wouldn't have held it against you.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a retcon in and of itself. It's the prophecy. The prophecy said we would bomb. The prophecy <laughs> said we would make the worst film in the franchise and we would stop for eight years. <laughs> the prophecy said we would hire the screenwriter for Silent Night,
0: Deadly Night 4. Is it? Yes. Their are only other credit. <laughs> Which was <laughs> one of my more praised Silent Night, Deadly Nights due to its kind of Crazy visions and the Brian Usna aesthetic. That was one of your favorites? That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. The thing with the maggot and Ron Howard's brother? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I didn't recommend it, but it had something more than Five did.
3: I don't know, dude. I'm not going back. We're here. We're talking about the conclusion, for eight years anyway, of Children of the Corn.
0: But revelations. What am I learning here? What's revealed? Given the plot, we can get into it. When her grandmother disappears, Jamie goes to Omaha, Nebraska to check on the old woman. She'd been acting strangely of late, selling her house and moving into a decrepit old apartment building placed in the middle of a cornfield, and the building then was condemned shortly thereafter. But you can't believe the price. (laughs) But it turns out the building, actually the entire town, is haunted by ghosts of children. It's Omaha. Yes, I I said that. (laughs) Omaha,
3: Nebraska is haunted by ghost corn kids.
0: Yes, and it looks much smaller than you've ever imagined. (laughs) Half a back lot? Yes. Wait, this was supposed to be Omaha? (laughs) I've been to Omaha. It's
2: a pretty big city. I know. This is not Omaha.
0: Yeah, I have a good friend who lives in Omaha. I've seen pictures. It's actually a city.
3: Yeah, well, these are the revelations, right? Who would have known this is the true Omaha?
0: (laughs) Well, it turns out that in Omaha 60 to 80 years ago, there was a religious cult of children. And when the feds were going to break them up, The lead preacher, Abel, no I in it, set their tent on fire and all the children were killed, save for Jamie's grandmother, who was able to break free of Abel's spell and free herself, the only survivor of that cult. But one night, as an old woman, Hattie goes out and follows voices into the night and gets hit by a train, (laughs) and Hattie's death raises a ghost of one of the children from the cult. So each time a real person dies, a ghost child is raised. So it's good thing that we spend literally an hour (laughs) meeting Jamie's neighbors, each of whom is an asshole or sinner in some way to make them deserve death. There's the stoner who won't deliver phone messages, the stripper, the gun nut, the disabled, angry, cursing man with a porno mag. The Children kill them all, growing in numbers all the time. And for some reason, Michael Ironside shows up a few times, too. <laughs> Top billing. As a ghostly priest that we just have to discuss, but he has no part in a plot summary because he has no part in the plot. Despite every sign to leave the town, including actual written signs, <laughs> Jamie stays and finds out one of the little girls is the ghost of her dead grandmother. And now grandma is going to take part in her death. The more Jamie runs, the more the children sit around opening the gas lines on stoves until Jamie finally gets out the door and the building explodes behind her. When we see Atari 2600 graphics of smiley faces or children or amoebas float to the sky as Jamie finally gets the fuck out of town and credits roll.
3: Yeah, that says everything I could say. I think we're done, guys. Recommend?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Woo, boy. Well, I mentioned the financial troubles that started Miramax in the last one. By 2001, Miramax had started becoming a money loser.
2: Yeah, look at all the corn films they put out. How could they not be losing money? (laughs) Mm. The Weinsteins'
0: partnership with Disney, it hadn't gone the way they wanted, and so this one had the budget slashed on the way to production.
2: They should have slashed it more, so it never went into production.
3: Yeah, I agree. You just stop making it. I mean, it it couldn't have been rolling in dough to begin with, and maybe that's a reason why this movie has such a horrible script and snail-paced I mean, my, everything that happens, and not much does, but it's in slow-mo here. I mean, this thing, I think we get real time. Like, I'm going to walk down the hall every step. <laughs> i got to take an elevator four floors every pi- – and it's a slow elevator. I'm going to masturbate in the bathtub every rub. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: glad that you're agreeing that she was masturbating. We'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> I have just one question right off the top. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it. But, Stuart, I task you with writing Children of the Corn 7. It's an <laughs> unenviable task, but this is your job, okay? Sure. What possesses you to put it in an apartment building and put it all indoors? <laughs> hey, the same reasons
2: for Mangler 3. Put it in some old abandoned house because you don't have any money. Yeah. I'm getting Mangler 3 flashbacks here. That's not good. They have some corn stalks,
3: and we'll find out later that it grows in the basement, that the guy that's growing pot or his own vegetables... I couldn't even tell whose garden it was. (laughs) Was it the children? Was it the gun nuts? Was it the cannabis guy? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that is my first problem with this film, is that it's really mislabeled. This isn't Children of the Corn. We discussed how the middling sequels from two through five... Became this, like, anthology. With Six, thought they were going back to their roots or their stalks or whatever. And now we are deeply into anthology territory as there's barely any corn. The building is next to some corn. Yes. I mean, literally, it's the side yard. It's the playground of the building.
3: And it didn't exist until the first death. It should be said, this is an urban area. It's Omaha. There is no (laughs) corn in the city proper. This is on the site... Of a former corn field.
0: No, 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 no. When she rolls up scene one, there's corn. Right. But that's only there because the grandmother died. Oh. Yeah. So it wasn't there when granny died.
2: Correct. No, that's what I was so confused with. I'm like, there wasn't corn there before, but
0: there is now. I don't know. No. It was nighttime. I figured they just thought the camera wouldn't pick it up.
3: No, that her death created the cornfield. This is an urban environment. 60 years ago, it was a cornfield, and now it is a slum. So Hattie, we see her in the opening. She came back to the site of her friend's fellow corn cult member's death to sacrifice herself. She knew she was going to die, I think, because this sacrifice would spare her granddaughter from dying. Oops. Or it would mitigate a plot in which she would come there and be attacked by corn kids.
2: Yeah, I don't get the idea that it would have saved the granddaughter. I guess we'll get more into it. I thought that was the whole point is that everyone from this grandmother's lineage had to die because she was supposed to die years ago when she was a child with this revival.
3: It's a final destination thing, right? Because she was never supposed to grow to adulthood and have children, thus any child or grandchild she has must be killed as well. The parents, her children, or her child, I should say, our main character's mother or father was killed in a fire. And now they're coming for Jamie, so she comes back to the slum to sacrifice herself. That's the only way I can understand why she is even living in the Hampton Arms at the start of this movie.
0: So we talked last week a lot about prophecy, and I hate to go down that murky road again. Mm. But if everything Hattie is doing is to protect her granddaughter... I don't know. Why not go visit the granddaughter instead of doing something that's going to cause you to go missing and actually cause your granddaughter, who is somewhat estranged from you, we'll find out, to come looking.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that Hattie, there was something that possessed her. She's drawn back to move there. I never got the sense that she did that to save her granddaughter. I. This is a confusing story. It shouldn't be. It should be pretty straightforward, but things are not clear. I thought it was mystical forces trying to bring her back since she was the one child that lived from this cult.
3: It's a thin setup to have what should be a routine, run-of-the-mill, your average B-level slasher flick. Okay, so we now have a mystical cornfield outside of this slum, and every time one of the tenants dies, one of the kids from the old tent that burned up is going to walk out of it. So that's an obvious engine. We, We should have lots of death. We should have lots of gore. We should have lots of things happening in this movie to make more and more kids. Oh, my God, there's nothing happen in this movie. I cannot relay to you. Unless we've just let the tape roll with nobody speaking for the next 30 minutes until I shared my next thought. I cannot tell you how bored I was watching this horrible, horrible film.
2: Come on, you don't like this police procedure we get into with Armbister? I want to know what relative, what friend had that last name, Armbister, to name the detective that. Like, that is not a real name. I feel like I'm in Mystery Science Theater 3000 territory. Like, I could just riff off this name for the next hour. But yeah, they just go back and forth. Like, gotta wait 24 hours. And then we seemingly wait, like, in real time, 24 yes. hours to go back to the police station.
3: Yep. Yep. And nobody's dying in between. People are riding elevators. People are walking down long halls. People are picking up
0: the Bible and reading it because they're bored. Come on now here. I admit that the opening of this film's a little slow. But I watched this movie twice. Oh my God.
2: Was there a commentary for this one?
0: I got interrupted halfway through. I decided in order to judge the pacing, I had to start over. (laughs) So I watched the first half of this movie twice. And... There's a little bit, if I squint real hard and think more of the TV version than the theatrical version, there's a little bit of the shining going on, right? There's the creepy kids who have the malevolent stare, there's the long-haired girl who's really ugly. I mean... There's a dead woman in the tub. Yeah, I mean, maybe barely, but uh, yeah,
3: the similarities are transparent and not as frequent as we want. Yeah, there's basically there's two basic evil little kids, and it's not the preacher. It's like they're almost twins, fraternal twins. There's a boy and a girl that are always standing side by side, and giggle, 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 giggle. They're like the twins from The Shining. Sure, I'll give you
2: that. Yeah, those twins, all they had to do in The Shining, though, were stand there to be creepy. These ones, they play video games. Come on, that game, that House of the Dead, that's always like a $2 game. They're plopping just a quarter in there.
0: It's Omaha. Everything's cheaper in (laughs) Omaha.
2: (laughs) Yeah, apparently they just round everything. Like, here's the thing. I'm not trying to nitpick, but it's just, it's a bad script. When she buys some stuff, oh, that's five bucks. Come on. Even. Yeah, it's never even unless this cashier is just so damn lazy, he's just like guessing. Like
0: Maybe he's pocketing the (laughs) change. Who knows? But there's also a little bit of intrigue when she goes to the grocery store. (laughs) Right. There's intrigue at the grocery store? He who walks behind the grocery rows. Yes. This is great (laughs) stuff. I mean, there's the other creepy girl who I'm I'm pretty sure was different playing hopscotch in a pentagram, which actually looks more fun than regular hopscotch.
2: That is a cool image. I don't know what it means. I never comes back to do anything except be creepy. I mean, we get... Michael Ironside here. With a wonderful looking eye scar. Yeah, and then he goes away. I'm like, oh, we're gonna have like the tough, chewing up the scenery priest throughout this. Like, I kept thinking this was gonna be a team up with Jamie as she tries to solve the mystery of where Grandma is. But Armbister comes and goes. Ironside comes and goes. We get all these different residents. I'm like, oh, she's gonna team up with the gun. Nope. Oh, she's gonna team up with the pothead. Nope. Oh, she's gonna team up with the stripper. Nope. Like, just things come and go through this film and Jamie's our guide in a very boring, scenic route.
3: Yeah, Jamie needs to have allies. I think it's supposed to be the cop. I do think that there's supposed to be some kind of romantic chemistry. He's interested in her at least, and that's why he does all of the background research. She's a reporter in Los Angeles. She never uncovers one thing. She doesn't even know her own grandmother's story as a survivor of a child cult. It is Armbister does this to get a date with the new Chickentown. That's what we're supposed to see here, is that he's macking on her and doing all of her work for her, and meanwhile yeah, what Michael Ironstein is doing Doing in this movie, I think he's waiting for the bus. I think that there's a bus that's going to come that's going to take him to another horror movie where he's playing a scarred up priest, but he's got 10 minutes, so he'll stand there and amuse the directors while he's waiting.
0: Come on, guys. Didn't you jump when the kids throw? I think it's salsa at her window. I don't know. It's got, like, corn in it. No, because I didn't know what it was. How am I supposed to be
3: scared? She said it was corn, and I'm like, it's red and gloopy. I thought it was a tomato. Yeah, there's no way
2: that's
0: corn. But there's kernels of corn, hence why I went with Mexican.
2: <laughs> I mean, at one point, she goes down to the basement, walks into the room that says, do not enter. And it, I thought it was a tomato farm. And she looks at it. I don't know. I Thought it was a smashed tomato and got really scared and ran out. I don't know what she's looking at. I don't know what I'm supposed to be scared of.
0: What happens is, eventually, and I think it's way too long in this, because for a good almost half hour of this movie, I think that Jamie's grandmother is the last person in this apartment building, which looks nothing like an apartment building either. When the opening credits come and Hattie's walking outside, I think she's in a mental institution or a hospital or something.
2: I thought the same thing. (laughs) It's
0: condemned. I mean, it's it's getting the wrecking ball next week.
3: No one should be living there, but it's got full occupancy on the fourth floor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought that Hattie was the last resident. There is no sign of life in this building except for the children, who I'll admit I didn't know they were ghosts at this point, but I knew they were children of the corn. And finally, she goes down and finds this garden where I looked and again I watched the first half twice there's no weed down there there's somebody growing like hydroponic tomatoes I
3: think it's the gun nut I think we're to understand that his character is he doesn't trust anyone he grows his own food he hides in his room with his guns he is a shut-in. He should be in a shack in Montana, but instead he's in the base, or instead he's in on the fourth floor. No, he's in the basement.
2: No, this is what's so confusing. He's in the basement. He scares Jamie, but he lives on the fourth floor. Like, no, you put him in the basement. That's where he lives. Like, why are you making this complicated? It is convoluted complicated.
3: That's all that this is. And when you finally figure out what they were trying to do, you'll wonder why they bothered. But yes- <laughs> I think that that it is his garden, but the kid's co-opted. At some point, it gets filled with stalks of fully grown corn.
0: Yeah, I mean, every single person but one in this building is a total asshole. There's the gun nut who's so paranoid. Jamie walks into his padlocked, but yet for some reason unlocked, tomato garden, gets a pistol in the face. There's the least developed character in a movie I've seen in a long time. It's just some guy in a wheelchair with a porno mag who's going to curse at you.
2: Whoa, well, whoa. Well, well, this guy's like got a whole arc compared to Michael Ironside in this film.
3: <laughs> he doesn't even have a name, though. I mean, he's literally just called Angry Guy in the credits.
2: Yeah, he's the angry disabled man. He goes up and down the halls like yelling at everyone.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's his role. He literally does have an arc, though. We'll discuss it when he dies. <laughs> Let's get to the
3: kills, because I think that would be the only reason anyone would bother watching this, is you want to watch these... Horrible people die, and yeah, the first one she meets, the first sinner, as it were, is this guy that spent so much time with the bong that he never delivered the messages that he was supposed to to the grandmother. He's her next-door neighbor, and I guess Jamie was calling her grandmother every week to find out how she was doing.
2: Calling a payphone in the
0: lobby. Right. That's right. There's a sign that grandma needs an intervention. Yes. (laughs) She had a house. Now she doesn't have a phone line. I mean, what happened to the house money? I (laughs) This is pre nine eleven that this was made. There was no housing crisis. Right. And the cell
3: phones, 2001. You give her a cell phone, you can call her wherever she is.
0: Well, I
2: don't know if the grandma's going to have a cell phone.
0: But sure, she sure. A- My grandma can't use a cell phone. I don't know that Hattie could.
3: She should have a phone. <laughs> well, uh, be that as it may, this was the man responsible for keeping granddaughter and grandmother in communication. And he had been
0: flubbing the job for weeks, I think, or at least a week. In his defense, he was scrawling messages on the wall. Yes, I noticed that. It's not like he was just completely ignoring him. He just wasn't knocking on Hattie's door. And he didn't notice
3: the fact that the grandmother slipped out in the middle of the night a few weeks ago, got hit by the train, and an entire field of corn grew in the parking lot. He is
2: super high. Come on.
0: (laughs) Indeed. But after being the jackass who won't deliver messages to the missing grandmother he then asks jamie on a date that's balls isn't it hey she goes
2: for it i'm like okay this is gonna be the team up in the film that's what i'm telling you like i'm waiting to see who she spends the rest of the film with only in cabin in the woods do you team
0: up with the stoner
2: (laughs) yeah she's from la come on she's out of town in omaha
3: It's obvious you don't watch a lot of slasher movies, Jacob, because, yeah, I mean, he's up on the roof, he's smoking too much dope, and the evil little twin children are there giggling on the ledge. You know where this is going.
2: Well, yes, once he
0: goes up there, once he pulls out that stock of corn that he's going to fry up. These kids can't kill him fast enough, because I don't know how stoned you are, but that royalty-free 15-second music loop that's coming out of his boombox had to end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, I think I paid more for the generic credit music now playing used in the first few 20-minute episodes we did than they paid for this what uh, island kind of music. Seriously, listen to it again. It's 15 <laughs> seconds repeated again and again. I thought it was Chai Weapon's new single. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I think Jerry just was an idiot. He goes over where there's two creepy kids and leans over the rail. I'd be at least a little leery about that, even though they're only on, what, the fourth floor roof? That's enough.
2: It's far enough, yeah. Well, they're on the roof. They live on the fourth floor. This thing might be six floors. But it's a stupid death. Like, finally we get a kill and we don't see any blood we don't see any gore just falls off into the cornfield but this is the one-to-one ratio because
3: as soon as he goes over we see i think it's a little boy come out of the field and walk towards the train that's passing and for some reason michael ironside is standing there too i think because of this transpirance that michael ironside is going to prove to be amos that he's going to be the adult reincarnation, or the, or maybe we'll find out that the kid cult leader lived. That, the fact that he's a priest, I think that he's in some way tied with the kid that put all these kids in jeopardy.
0: Yes, it's Michael Ironside. You don't hire him to be the good guy. Even when he's the good guy, he's the bad good guy, like Jester in Top Gun. I mean, this guy is made to be your villain. Next Karate Kid, absolutely, this is what you hire him for not in this movie apparently but
2: (laughs) he might have been the bad guy in this movie he might have been the good guy we'll never know
0: you know what (laughs) I don't care what script you have if you find out Michael Ironside is doing this role you rewrite it to make him the bad guy yeah because the real
3: villain Amos is just like some little pipsqueak with a page boy haircut I literally thought that that was Phil Spector when he finally does appear he's got that haircut I'm like is that Phil
2: Spector that was a one ill-fitting suit, man. I guess they just hired the kid that could best fit it.
3: Yeah, they don't have a good kid cult leader this time. You have Michael Ironside, you go with that. You give him the part you gave David Carradine in the fifth movie.
2: I don't even necessarily need Ironside to be the bad guy. He could be the anti-hero. He could be this priest who's willing to kill... Sure, they're ghost kids, but willing to seemingly kill kids, like... I could have gone for that. I didn't even need him to be a back. I just needed him to do something. I think all he does is force Jamie to drink some holy wine for some reason. I'm not sure why. And then he disappears.
0: He has all the information. Again, the cop and the priest bring all the information. The reporter just walking through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's filing reports and sending them back to work. But what is she writing about? We'll never know. She's not a very good granddaughter. She's not a very good reporter. Not a very good person. No. And again, she sees signs that say, Jamie, go home. Stays. This reminds me of the old Eddie Murphy joke about Amityville. This is a great house, honey. Get out. Shame we can't stay. (laughs) I do wonder,
2: okay. I get it. She stays for 24 hours because Armbister's like, well, you got to wait 24 hours. Just stay at her house to see if she shows up. Fine. You stay that 24 hours, realize the place is creepy as hell. Awful people live there. You go get a hotel room and you just check in periodically to see if grandma's shown up.
0: Have you seen this Omaha?
2: There's no <laughs> hotels. I don't know why anyone <laughs> lives in this Omaha. Yeah, no. Uh,
3: yeah.
0: Well, I'd live in this Omaha because apparently it has the fun club right by the airport. So there's an airport and a fun club. (laughs)
2: And there's a Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany's going to go strip for 12 hours. No stripper has a 12-hour shift. This place can't support a 12-hour shift for a stripper. That
3: is stamina. I want to find out her shift, and when she's on the last 15 minutes, I want to go and give her a dollar and see what she can do. Is she even
2: able to stand upright? Here's the crazy thing with Tiffany. You're a bad stripper. First, you travel in your stripper clothes. Fine. That's not, you know. With
0: the dollars, hanging out with the dollars in your garter belt like that's how you're traveling back and forth you're so gonna get robbed and also not that i know anything about strip clubs but i'm pretty sure they don't actually wear literal cheerleading outfits at least not in the midwest not that i would actually know (laughs) right but if hypothetically i were to know no. So Re brought up the masturbation. She
2: masturbates in front of... Now, I, she doesn't know the kid's there. But she... Th- those bubbles are bouncing up and down. They're moving she's around. She's moaning. She is fingering herself, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But what turned her on? She cut her leg... First, she's yes. in the tub. She cuts her leg. She's like, oh shit, shaving didn't work out. I guess I'll play with myself. I don't want to see a stripper that
2: shaves after she strips. Like, she should do that shit before. <laughs> she
0: stripped for 12 hours. She needs to do both, okay? <laughs> Stubble is not comfortable when you're getting a lap dance.
3: Not that I would know. All I know is Tiffany is the only character in this that I like. And I know she's going to get it, but it's taken an eon to get her into that tub. But now that she's finally got in the bubble bath, I'm like, this is the end of the movie. Whatever little bit of enjoyment there was, whatever kernel to this corn, it has been devoured after this. Yeah, she gets a shitty death where the kid throws magic corn kernels in there and they become stalks that. I don't know. What do they do?
2: They pull her under the water and just
3: drown her. Well, then I mean, she's bleeding at the same time. They're, like, ripping at her. Or
0: Is she, or when they threw the corn in the tub. You see the she,
2: blood,
3: yeah. Yeah,
0: they- and she was already cut. It's very confusing. I think she drowns. But what this proves is the angry man's a hypocrite because he's beaten on the wall saying, shut up, you fucking whore, when he's got a porno mag right there. I think he'd be down at the fun club with some singles, man. I mean, I saw Tiffany in the tub. I, I, I may or may not be down there with some singles, hypothetically.
2: I don't know if we're supposed to think this is funny that he's yelling and calling her whore as she's dying. Literally, like, this guy needs to be put on some serious meds. He is one angry dude. <laughs>
3: Or he can just be killed, which they do. Uh, They roll him right down the hall, and he comes back as a fat kid in the wheelchair.
0: He has no name. He has a horrible death. He's pushed through a railing. Just He's pushed down a hall. I mean, it's so perfunctory. And in the meantime, the gun nut is also being stalked. It's like... You're interrupting one murder scene to give us another murder scene that's completely unfulfilling.
2: I did find it kind of confusing. So we see the fat kid come back and he's riding the wheelchair. I was thinking maybe these were all people somehow involved with that first original cult, but... No, it's not. They're too young.
3: The original from the original first movie or the original cult from the beginning of the film?
2: The original cult from the beginning of this film. Yeah, it is. No, it's only the grandmothers related to that cult, isn't she?
0: No, these are all the kids who burned up in the tent.
2: No, I get that the kids, but the people they're killing aren't related at all. The guy in the wheelchair, the stripper. Oh, no. I found that confusing when they show the wheelchair come back. I guess that's how we know the angry man died.
3: Yeah, that is what's strange. Abel was having these kids in the field with him for whatever reason. The adults tried to intervene, so they burned themselves all up as an act of defiance. Now that they've found a portal back into reality, what are they going to do? Just play video games? What was the plot now that they have killed a bunch of people and taken material form again?
0: And why do they... Want to kill specifically Jamie, the granddaughter of the survivor. Is it that they failed to kill Hattie the first time, so now they must kill Jamie?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. I I think Ironside, when he does finally say something, says that. Ironside brings up Hubie,
3: he uses the words, and he says that you should have never been born, which I take to mean, again, I was thinking of Final Destination, because you've cheated death. Now they're going to hunt you down and find you. They'll find a way to burn you. They already burned your parents. And presumably they would have burned you in L.A. So the grandmother came here as a way of heading it off. But... She didn't tell you never to come here. So wait a second.
0: If grandma had gone and gotten her granddaughter and brought her back, then all these other people would be alive today? The whole plot is just to kill this one woman? And so all these other people are collateral damage? I can only think so, (laughs) yes. Because they even got the kid that ran away
3: from them early. So you would think that would be enough. They could just live in the field and enjoy their time. But yeah. It was all to get Jamie.
0: And I don't like Jamie, so I don't care about this. It's awful. And one of the women who wants to kill her is now her grandmother, who she only recognizes because of her hat.
2: (laughs) Yeah, is her grandmother a kid now? We find out she was hit by the train.
0: She raised back as a child of the corn with a hat. And is evil now. And tells her daughter, I tried to warn you, now I gotta kill you.
2: <laughs> Alright, I wasn't sure if she was one of the evil kids. I know there's one kid trying to tell her to get out from time to time. Yep, same kid. It's all very confusing.
3: Yeah, there's. it's the main little girl. When she's not with the boy, she's less evil. I, that's the way I take it to mean.
0: She was the main little girl? I think. No, she was a different <sighs> little girl. Oh okay. my god, how that's can you I keep yeah. <laughs> a track of him? Really? Okay. The main little girl didn't have a hat.
3: Oh, wow. but we got a couple more deaths here guys i guess it's worth mentioning that the gun nut uh, does an act of kindness he tries to tell jamie what we're all (laughs) saying get out the kids are killing people you're not safe here he's got
2: night vision goggles though it's bright (laughs) yes here's the thing gun nut dude should kind of die by a gun right like That would be ironic.
0: That would be a Freddy way to die.
2: There was the scene last week where Gabriel made Cora shoot herself. You would think that's what they do instead. He is literally just scared to death.
0: He has a bad heart, I guess. and
2: He did? They didn't set up a bad heart at all. They
0: never said it. Only through my knowledge of watching other bad movies do I get that a person clutching their chest means they have a heart problem, and then when they take a pill right after, that's the nitroglycerin. Right. Yes, exactly. Thank
2: God for all those awful movies you've sat through. They finally paid off.
3: No, no. We sat through them. That was The Mangler. Remember the, the nightshade oh, pills? Right.
0: Yeah. Well, that was antacid. This is nitroglycerin. <laughs> yeah, much different. But yeah, if I thought that the angry man had a bad death, this guy literally has a heart attack, and then the only cool shot in this entire movie, and it's still pretty goddamn cheap is the children come and drag them off. You can't see the children until they're in the goggles, and the goggles are filling up like two-thirds of the frame. And so, yes, of course the goggles are just a video screen showing us something filmed in green, but it's still more inventive than any other shot in any other frame of this film.
3: Yeah, I, I guess you, yeah. Not saying much, but okay. <laughs> the pirate victory there. One more death worth pointing out. The convenience store owner, We did, he didn't get a name either, and he didn't even live in the apartment. I'm not even sure how close he is to the cornfield. Walking distance. Yeah, for some reason, he's decapitated and put in with the milk. They find a tomahawk. <laughs> he never
0: comes back. Does that mean Red Bear is in this? Is this a callback to part two? No, what they say is the kid <laughs> left one there, but the actual weapon was a sickle. At first, I thought that this man was decapitated by a kid's tomahawk.
2: Oh, I, I thought that's what they because look, Armbister is not a great detective. Earlier on, like they think there's blood on the wall, so he licks it. <laughs> He's like, "Nope, just chocolate."
0: <laughs> yes, I, I first of all wondered if he was going to check the type of blood based upon taste. <laughs> Second, he doesn't ask for an evidence bag. He's just like, "You got a baggie." Okay I hope it's sterile inside And doesn't have contaminants These kids do have a sweet
2: tooth We see them eating a lot of candy I guess they stole That's why they had to kill the convenience store worker They didn't even have a quarter to play a video game They didn't have any money to get their candy Right
0: Yeah, and this death looks like one of the best deaths. They got this great prosthetic head that looks absolutely hysterical. His eyes are bulging out. I would have liked to have seen his decapitation. I got a little bit of a gore hound in me here. I would have enjoyed watching that. No, we just get the wonderful latex head but it was something wow you're grabbing at nothing here okay (laughs) after the parts four and six 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 six, i'm taking my jollies where i get them and they're in this black man's head and tiffany's tub (laughs) i'm
3: glad you could find them somewhere we're an hour and 11 minutes into an hour and 20 minute movie and i'm wondering when is anything going to happen here
0: that matters Hey, at an hour three, we get Michael Ironside's big scene. He finally talks and then leaves. Yeah, he came back.
3: The train didn't pick him up, so he decided he would film one more scene.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did did that wine that he forced Jamie to drink, does that? make her immune to anything does that play out at all no
0: no nothing he does has any relevance i thought he was giving her communion you know so she'd be holy against the cult she didn't take a wafer well you don't have to always have both wine and and I i don't know
2: i'm not up on my catholicism
0: sometimes they literally just pass it around and you choose and you can pick a line and get the grape juice or get the wafer
2: These kids are so bored at this climax. Like, one is just playing. Do they have games on Palm Pilots? I assume that's a Palm Pilot that (laughs) Jamie hands one of these ghost kids to play with. I had Tetris on my palm. Okay. Uh, And someone's on a swing set.
3: Abel is, like, gathering the troops, and I swear to God, one is above him on a swing. Yes, yes! (laughs) I'm giggling, too. That's all I'm hearing. Now, they don't want to burn. I presume that they traveled all this way and through time so that they could live again. And yet they keep turning on the gas. We've seen that it's very flammable and they had a very poor setup, much like they did in the first corn film of the main character getting a lighter. I'm thinking it's pretty obvious where this is all going. But do they want to burn or does she trick them by burning them here at the climax?
2: I don't even know if they die here. I, yeah, there's an explosion, but Abel's like, oh, that can't stop us. And, but it looks like it does. I don't know. I don't even know. It looks like here's the end of the budget. We got to end the film.
0: Oh, no, no, no. This is where the money is spent because this is... I saw
2: pixels in these flames. Don't tell
0: me there's money spent on this. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the lead up to the explosion. All of a sudden, we're watching an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. The camera is shifting and spinning and every light on the set is now red and green. This is looking straight out of either one of the worst sets of Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or, more aptly, the TV series spinoff. They're getting some Nightmare on Elm Street visuals going down to the girls with the burn scars on their face. They finally at least reached a horror movie. Okay, you're talking about where she's running around and people are
3: burned and the lobby becomes a a field of attacking stalks.
0: And yeah, kids are eating lollipops and shrieking.
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, Armbrister gets to do a little bit here. He cuts her free and gets her out of the lobby. I was disappointed that she needed a
0: man to save her. This should have been her movie.
3: Oh, it would have been so much better. She didn't do anything else in this film. Why should she save herself? Yeah, uh, right. And this is where I think they bring in the Chiron
0: ship, right? To give us these graphics here at the end. (laughs) Oh, that was so bad. Why couldn't they at least get a model train set to blow up or something? I mean, I'm actually wishing for Screaming Mad George's Harby doll now from Urban Harvest when I see this superimposed flame over the windows. That is one cheap-ass effect, but not near as bad as the spirits of the children rising up out of the flame.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, all of this works. You bring up an interesting point. If you know you don't have any money, if you know the script went to hell, if you know this is fated to be a bad movie, wouldn't you have done better to camp this up, to make it funnier, to try and, yeah, say, hey, these are really cheap effects, and to have the corn attacking her not look like you're trying to scare us, but in fact, this is an Ed Wood movie. I guess... If this movie could even acknowledge how bad things have gotten in this franchise, it would be doing us all a favor.
0: Well, now that you've had time to chew on this corn, Jacob Stewart, do you recommend Children of the Corn Revelation? Jacob.
2: You say chew on this corn, I'm spitting it out. (laughs) Look, I don't know if I was hopeful, but I was pleasantly surprised that the first three films, I thought they were getting progressively better. And then we had a sharp decline. I mean, I thought four was a low point. Four is in the middle of my rankings now. This is, (laughs) ever since then, it has been a real slog. Like, we are now in Mangler territory, almost Mangler three territory with this film. That's how bad I consider it. It's really a film running around on a floor of an abandoned apartment building instead of an abandoned house this time. This is bad. There's no character arcs here. There's nothing scary here. I don't even know if there's a story here. I get that things are happening, but what is the revelation here? What was revealed in this film? I I think of the book of Revelation. There's seven headed dragons with seven crowns on each head and locusts with lion heads. There's nothing near that cool in this movie.
0: They couldn't afford the dragon. (laughs)
2: But as confusing as some of those revelations in in the book of Revelation, but this is the strongest of not recommends. Low point for Children of the Corn, which is saying a lot.
3: This is Stuart. Yeah, I'd rather be shucking corn than watching this corn. This is absolutely easily. The bod, the huskiest of the husks. It's a field of husks. This is so worthless. It's the kind of movie that makes me rethink life choices. Like, man, if I only did this, I'd never been a podcaster, and I'd never have seen this film. It's awful. I mean, it's horrible. It is competing. I laugh now because I think long time ago, about a year. I said, oh, Carrie, 2002, that's the worst <laughs> yes. Stephen King movie. And this this is probably the worst Stephen King movie, or very close to it. I got to think about it when I rank all of the night shift. You're right. Those manglers have got to be contended with. But it's down there. It's way worse than anything we've seen in the cornfield so far. I hope to never see anything worse. It's just the pits.
0: During this movie, they play House of the Dead, which I've played that game when I think of House of the Dead, I don't really think of a video game anymore. I think of the U-Bull movie that came out just a couple years after this one, House of the Dead. And my God, that movie was, I would think it would be Sharknado funny the way it starts about how everything would have been so fine if I hadn't gone to that rave. But it, it then just goes downhill from there and it's not even make fun of funny. And so I asked myself at that point, because nothing had happened in this movie. We're like 30 minutes in. I watched it twice. The second time I'm watching it, I'm like, would I actually prefer to revisit House of the Dead, the U-Bowl flick, than this movie? That was my bar. Yes. Yes. Up until about the 40 minute mark, I think the answer was yes. Yes. Now, this movie doesn't redeem itself at the end. Not by any means. There's no revelation that's going to turn this into a green arrow. But for those who can go with just this type of direct-to-video horror, this is what you're going for. You know what you're getting when you pick this off the shelf. You are not going to recommend this. You cannot recommend this. There's something here. Stuart, you say a room of husks. I'm going to steal your nomenclature and say that at the end, with the deaths, there's a kernel. Mm. There's a oh, kernel wow. in this film. Wow, It's wow. certainly a step up than parts four and six of this franchise. Really. Oh. If, a step
2: oh, up? Uh, no. Go back. Uh, well, a step onto the ledge of that <laughs> building right before you drop off.
3: Yeah. Uh-uh. No. Not unless you really like Soprano Boys going, oh. And watching people walk in real time down dark sets, I can't see the fun that anyone could have in this.
0: You're right. During the first 40 minutes, when that's all that happens, that's when I was thinking House of the Dead might be better. But when the deaths finally start, and it's a long slog till they do, there's a Colonel, there. Some of these deaths are worth YouTubing if they'd allow Tiffany's death to be on YouTube. Alright, Tiffany. I'm like, which which death? The the titty shot? No, I enjoyed the stalking of the gunman. I think it's lame that he actually wasn't killed by the children. He was... Killed by a bad ticker, but I liked it when they were stalking him, and I liked when they hauled off his body, and my God, it's a laugh fucking riot when Grandma gets run over by a train engineer. No, I
2: wasn't laughing not one. Okay, that's, you got a weird definition of comedy.
0: Yeah, I
3: never laughed once at this movie, and I want to stress that. This is not so funny, it's bad. You hear me freaking out, and you might laugh, I don't want you to think that that is, humor is going to translate to sitting through this movie. This movie's agony. Agony. No, honey. no, agony. no. Yes.
0: All right. It's painful, but agony, I mean, we're talking degrees here. (laughs) We do. I know. That's that's (laughs) what Night Shift has become. Would you rather have your arm chopped off or your leg? And that is the thing is we always say we have to judge our recommends based upon what the movie is. I mean, you can't hold up and say, I didn't recommend one of the Transformers films and yet... I recommended the first Children of the Corn, totally different things, totally different moves, and I take into account how successful the director and writer and cast and crew are in bringing their vision to the screen here. And, yeah, this is a failure of a movie. But if we're arguing the degrees, you two, I think, have just gone over the edge. I think, honestly, you've eaten so much corn that your skin's turning yellow and you just can't bear another bite. And so you're having this violent reaction to it when, in fact, you're saying that if this were corn, too, I would be kinder. Yes. No. Mm Mm-mm. Nope, I disagree. I truthfully think it is because I think you I you both I agree with you both. This movie shit. I just don't agree with the intensity that you've turned up your complaints to 11 for this movie when 4 and 6 get off easier in your regard.
3: Well, yeah, I I was in the same position as you with part four. I still think as one of the very best of the night shift, which says (laughs) so much about how awful this year has been
0: for Stephen King. But yeah. But no, it is a Red Arrow not recommend. But there's a kernel in here. There's a kernel in here for those who just enjoy watching horror movie deaths there's a couple in here that don't totally suck and the freddy's nightmares type ending that's what i'll say is if you enjoy freddy's nightmares which i also think is pretty shitty despite being a freddy fan but if you enjoy freddy's nightmares you'll enjoy the second half of children of the corn revelation Do you have bad taste?
3: Then here is the movie for you. Okay. Well, I am ready to legislate, people. No child within 50 feet of a corn stalk. Like, let's get this on the books. Let's make
0: this happen. At least in Nebraska. Can it be a state law? (laughs) Well, at least this is the end, right? I mean, this is the end of the original series. This is the end for a long time. I think if we'd done this retrospective back when Now Playing was just getting started, we would think there would never ever again be a children of the cornfield but there's two
3: yeah but the next is a reboot <laughs> and then they rebooted again because it didn't work don't tell me i should look forward to this actually okay a little bit i have enjoyed that original short story i do think if you go back to it you could probably i know you can do better than they did the first time so all right, I am not going to be enthusiastic about it, but it is possible that it could be the best of the bunch.
0: Not a high bar you're setting. There's not a high bar to be had here. No. I don't think
2: so. A low bar is a high bar for the corn films.
3: You know those bars where they say you have to be this tall to ride? That's about as high as the bar is for me to get through it.
0: Well, if people want to hear us talk about quality films today, in addition to this Children of the Corn review, we also reviewed the third Lord of the Rings film. That one has a higher bar, right? It at least vaults over the corn films. Yeah, won some gold statues. I don't know how many statues these corn films have ever won. (laughs) I don't even think it was notable enough for a raspberry. (laughs) But yes, you can hear all three of our Lord of the Rings podcasts if you are a silver-level donor, and that's a donation of $15 or more. Today, silver-level donors got the third Lord of the Rings, and then we're going to be doing all three Hobbit films leading up to this December's The Battle of the Five Armies. Or, if this kind of schlocky horror is your thing... You know, Leprechaun, I have to say, (laughs) we're about halfway through that series. The mean average is higher than the mean average of Children of the Corn. We're a binary system here. We're recommend, not recommend. But if we were on a scale of one to ten, I got to say the Leprechaun films are shooting higher in the numbers.
2: That's gone down a lot easier than I think any of this corn stuff has. We'll have to see. We still have a few more to go there.
0: And you can get all seven leprechaun films leading up to that reboot coming out this Tuesday on Blu-ray for a donation of $15 or more. Or if you want both, you can, for $30 or more, go platinum donation. And also get three exclusive bonus podcasts, the three animated Hobbit films. Many donors have said that that $30 donation is worth it for one of the Hobbit bloopers alone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to dispute that. But the only way you can see, it's funny.
3: (laughs) Arnie makes a noise.
0: You've almost made me make it again. <laughs> but the only way to hear that noise is with a donation of platinum level between now and December 31st when all these shows go involved. So we thank you for your support. And Stuart Jacob, I thank you for joining me for this podcast. We'll be back next week, Malachi. We'll be back next week.
3: I'm leaving now. I'm gonna go find some people and tell them about what's happening here in Gatlin. I don't think they'll believe me at first. I don't think I believe it myself. They will. Eventually. You guys all belong in an asylum
1: somewhere. Looney Ben. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Play. Congratulations, Time. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You much know,
0: all you need now that The
2: Sopranos is dead and buried. <laughs>
1: Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we review another film based on Stephen King's books and short stories.
0: This is the word of He Who Walks By in the Rose. We, we do this work for Shine
2: Show!
1: At our sister podcast, BooksAndNachos.com, you can hear Arnie's reviews of the original Stephen King books and short stories on which these films are based. You should look it up. You still remember how to read, don't you? in the now playing archives you can find many more reviews of stephen king films including maximum overdrive the mangler sometimes they come back the lawnmower man carrie salem's lot the shining and more find dozens of stephen king movie reviews at now playing podcast.com well, these kids watch too many horror flicks Also at our website, you can find reviews of film series such as The Avengers, Star Trek, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Silent Night's Deadly Night, Scream, Transformers, Robocop, and hundreds more.
0: Movies are filled with violence, blood, and
1: bodies. Naked bodies writhing together, glorifying fornication. Support from listeners like you help keep now playing operating. At you for one moment. Conceive of something in this universe that's larger than you. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. $200. Uh uh,
3: Joby. How much?
0: $13,100. $13, $13,100? Okay, 2000
1: Now playing's Children of the Corn retrospective series is edited by Heath, Casper, and Arnie.
0: I don't wanna be the one in charge when the heads start doing 360s and they're hurling pea soup.
1: Now playing credit narration by Brock. He
0: filled me with the words.
1: The film discussed in this podcast is the property of its original copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Now playing podcast is not affiliated with the makers or distributors of these films.
0: That won't matter
2: to Isaac and Malachi. They'll take it as a sign.
0: You speak for the others or only for yourself.
1: The opinions expressed in now playing are those of the individual hosts, and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated.
0: I am the word and the giver of his laws. Disobedience to me is disobedience to him.
1: Now playing as a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2014. All rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated. What do we do about the children? Tell their story. Let the healing begin. It's not too late for that, is it?
3: No. Give the plot, we can get into it. You could just giggle. like i can remember a day when i used to watch a movie for now playing and didn't like violently cringe and go into spasms before i hit play on like leprechaun
0: coming out this friday
3: (laughs) (laughs) i'm owed i am owed something here (laughs) yeah well you know and if you really love us recording about shitty movies uh, there is the gold level donation going on right now as you Pointed out, we are going to still cover really shitty movies every Friday because Leprechaun has finally descended into my life. I swore I'd never do this movie series. I swore it. I I knew I would never see these films. And yet, here I am, betraying every principle I ever had five years ago.
0: And it was your idea.
3: Well, I don't know about that. I ended up putting it on the schedule and by typing the words. (laughs) My idea would be to never cover any of these crappy movies, but I knew, based on the reaction, people want this. They want me to go through this, or they love this series and want to hear us discuss it. I'm not sure what. I think it's just... Bullying? I actually think it's a weird form of cyberbullying that they want to see me talk about Leprechaun 2, but all right, here it comes. I'm doing Leprechaun, that's the most that I can do for you guys, so yes, thanks for donating,
0: I guess. (laughs) But one night, as an old woman, Hattie goes out and follows voices into the night and gets hit by a train. (laughs)
3: <laughs> we are just gonna giggle. <laughs> That's what the kids do throughout the film. Why shouldn't we? I know. Seriously, this movie is nothing but falsetto children
2: singing and then giggling. Oh, I just remembered the end scene.
0: <laughs>
3: We've just recreated the movie for you. Yes. <laughs>
0: Cannabis guy, uh, I don't know. The cannabis guy, I don't know. Cannabis. Cannabis. <laughs> prophecy or whatever Hannah's trying to do here, Hannah Hattie. Whatever. If the entire prophecy or whatever Hattie's trying to do here is to protect her daughter, why not move in with the? Is to protect her granddaughter. What if every? If, here you go, editor. Clean take. <clears throat> <laughs> These kids can't kill him fast enough because I don't know how stoned you are but that royalty free 15 second music loop that's coming out of his boombox had to end. <laughs> Seriously, I think I paid more for the generic credit music now playing used in the first few 20 minute episodes we did than they paid for this what island kind of music? Seriously, listen to it again. It's 15 <laughs> seconds repeated again and again. I thought it was Chai Weapons new single. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't put that in there
0: oh yes we can <laughs> only books and nachos fans are gonna know what that means hey i paid a dollar to use that song for books and nachos i did you did why did you give it to me <laughs> he's
2: gonna raise his royalty fees now I was like fuck you, books and nachos. I want three bucks a show.
0: There's a whole. There's <laughs> lyrics to Chai Weapon no, song too. Really? Yeah. Uh, I I paid for the full MP3. I just took what, the, what is
2: it? The right prescription? Yeah. Is the right
0: prescription. By Chai <laughs> <Levin>? <laughs> it might be chi Weapon technically. Yeah, I'm
3: like, what is a Chai Weapon? I thought that was a band name. It's a man.
0: No, it's a it's a band. <laughs> okay. And there's lyrics. I mean they're... you have
2: been looking to buy more of their stuff on iTunes.
3: Yeah, I was trying to find their new album. And I think this I think yeah, this this faux reggae mix was the uh was the new single. Later at the window she sees I think it's a boy that gets out of the field that's sort of Jerry Jr. or whatever. And for some reason Stacy Keach is standing there waiting
0: by for the train. Stacey Keach was in this one too? Oh no no, Michael <laughs> Ironshine. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Get his fat ass off the set.
0: Catering is closed. <laughs> you are done with you. You fried with uh, Isaac. I was really confused. Like, there's a continuity to the last <laughs> one? The Doctor's a ghost now? I <laughs> uh, just... They're both balding and old and don't belong
3: in these films. I just get them confused. Yeah.
0: Because Stacy keeps rocked in Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What it shows is that the... Uh, what did they call him in the credits? Uh, Teddy Shot? <laughs>